Hey there, this is Bray Snyder on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Today I'm joined by Lori Kohler, the athletic director here at HU, and also the women's basketball head coach. Coach Kohler, thanks for joining me today. Yes, you're welcome. Okay, so, Coach, some big things happened this year. Um, inducted into the Indiana Hall of Fame, the Basketball Hall of Fame, and not only is that a huge accomplishment, but it's something that's been a long time in the works, and I just want to say congratulations again. I know we talked about that on our basketball broadcast, but once Thank again you. there. Okay, so that's been many years in the making. I want to take us all the way back. A lot of people on campus know who you are, but don't know who you are, you know, don't know a lot of your background. You want to just walk us through you know, growing up, um, what it was like, if basketball was a part of your life, and how you got into college running with that. Yeah, my background uh, in basketball started probably in uh, middle school. I played at a Y for the first time, and uh, that was my introduction to basketball. I didn't have the opportunity to play in school until my junior high years Um, and I probably didn't realize at the time how fortunate I was you know back in the late 70s you know to have an opportunity as a female uh, to be able to participate so that was a a neat thing I didn't realize but um, had the opportunity to play in junior high uh, played in high school Uh, I would say I was average Uh, I had also uh, the opportunity to play softball and in Pennsylvania, uh, softball is a bigger deal than basketball. It's not like Indiana. Uh, <laughs> I got my uh, first uh, scholarship to go to a state school in Pennsylvania, and I played basketball and softball there. Um, was on It was a Division II school, uh, about 20 minutes from where I was living at the time, and uh, was on the JV team. So it was uh, maybe nine games I got to play in, and... Uh, found out pretty quickly, though, at the state school that it was not for me. Uh, that atmosphere was very eye-opening. Um, I realized what a sheltered life I had been living uh, as a pastor's daughter and uh, decided that Huntington had been kind of on my radar just as uh, being uh, involved in Bible quizzing and having youth groups that uh, would come to Huntington for youth conventions. And so I'd been to Huntington um, knew about it, but honestly, it kind of seemed more like a camp to me and not a college uh, at that time. Um, and I really did want to play softball, and I was told they didn't have a softball program. Um, so spring break of my freshman year, I decided I wanted to come visit and just kind of see you know, what Huntington had to offer at that point, what it was all about. Um, found out when I was here that actually softball was a club sport and they were planning to make it a varsity sport the following year. So I asked uh, if the coach was around that maybe I could talk to the coach. And they said, well, actually, I think they're in the gym practicing right now. So my dad and I walked in the gym and um, Connie Updike, who was a longtime faculty member in our recreation management program, was kind of the head coach at that point. And she had the team huddled up and they were praying. And I turned and looked at my dad and I'm like, yeah, this is where I need to be. And so it just really made it feel like home and more of the atmosphere that I would be looking for uh, to spend my college years. So transferred to Huntington as a sophomore and uh, played for Brad Miller uh, my first year, who was a professor in the business department. 
and uh, Keith Freeman was a student uh, that had just come to Huntington as a freshman that year and wanted to get involved and ask if he could help coach and so uh, Brad told him sure yeah you know come on out and I would tell you that Keith was probably the person that uh, introduced me to Hoosier basketball and what that really is and there is a about. difference between Pennsylvania basketball and Hoosier there basketball. There certainly is okay. uh, in terms just of the emphasis on it the you know people in Indiana are crazy for basketball and you need to know what you're doing if you're gonna play it if you're gonna coach it and uh, you know I just felt like he was somebody that really helped me understand the game at a deeper level and uh really kind of whet my appetite for the sport in itself. I mean, softball had been my thing, but now it's like, oh, basketball is a pretty cool sport when you start really kind of learning the game and understanding it a little bit better. And so um, my junior year, uh, Brad took a job up in Chicago, and so we were looking for another coach as an institution. And uh, I don't know what you know that process looked like exactly, but I knew that eventually they were like, what would you guys think about Keith being your coach? And so this is this guy that's a year younger than me, but I just felt like all of us players felt like he really helped us a lot the previous year and was very knowledgeable of the sport. And so you're like, sure, let's have Keith be your coach. And so he took over, and uh, they hired a couple of female uh, people to that were staff members to um, serve as assistant coaches mm-hmm. and kind of – serve as that little bit of a buffer, you know, yeah, for a yeah. young guy coaching a bunch of female athletes. So um, actually uh, his first year as head coach, uh, we won the NCCAA national title, which was pretty incredible and unbelievable. How did that feel, not only winning the national title, but also having a coach who was, you know, a year younger than you? How did that feel as a player? You know, it just it was normal to us, but I know outsiders looking in would think, wow, that's just really weird. (laughs) And, you know, the whole thing about my career and how it got started is just like that. It it happened to me, so it's just normal. But, you know, when you tell it, it's like, oh, wow, that is kind of weird how all of that happened. But, uh, you know, it was just a a really awesome thing to have that happen for him and for us as a team to have bought into what he was trying to to do with the program and um, also really just appreciated how he tried to – uh, incorporate the faith side of things into his coaching style and to help us, you know, grow as, in our faith as players. And um, that's something that, you know, I appreciated a lot. And as I became a coach, wanted to continue uh, and invest in lives just like he did in ours. Um, so I, uh, because I transferred, I changed my major. I ended up having to go an extra semester uh, to do my student teaching. And so I was out of eligibility at that point, And I thought, well, if if I'm still here, maybe I can, you know, be a student assistant under uh, Keith. And it just so happened that year the institution had asked Keith to co-coach both the men and the women's basketball teams. Um, And he was still had the help of these two female uh, staff members. One was Ann McFerrin, which, you know, she's still here. And the other was Carol Harding, uh, who um, was here in career services. She also coached our tennis team at the time. Um, so those two stayed on as well. Um, one game into the season, it was a Saturday where both the men and the women had their first game on the same day. The men were at home. We were on the road up in uh, Michigan, one in the afternoon. Ours was in the evening. He uh, was driving up 
to our game after the men's game was over and hit a deer <laughs> and that kind of slowed him down a little bit got there about right as the game was starting oh my goodness <laughs> and he uh turned to carol and said i can't do this this is impossible first game first game first game and carol was really on staff as someone who you know de- developed relationships she wasn't mm-hmm. there to be although she had the other co-coach title with him she was more a relational kind of coach, you know, just there to, to encourage and support players. And so, of course, she had a sinking feeling like, oh, my gosh, um, it's all on me now. And so I know for a few games we went on with her taking the reins. And, you know, it became kind of obvious that that was not a comfortable position for her to be in. And so I don't remember exactly how many games it was, but I do know at Indiana Tech, uh, we were up there getting ready to play, and before the game, uh, before you know the team was warming up, she said, you know, do you just want to take over? She's like, it, this would be on me. I have the title, so whatever you do will not fall on you, and this will just be an opportunity for you to see if this is really what you want to do and those kinds of things. I'm like, wow, yes. I love that opportunity. Still a student, right? Still a student. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yes, and coaching people I just played with. Yeah, yeah. uh, Which was a little interesting, too. But um, I remember we won that game. And uh, I don't remember a whole lot more about that season other than it was an awesome opportunity for me to decide, hey, this is where I feel like the Lord's leading me, where he's calling me to be. And so at the end of the season, um, I applied for the – head coach position and um, thankfully several people took a chance on me uh, being pretty much just right out of the gates not even really out of the gates to begin with (laughs) Um, but uh, you know they they hired me and uh, it's been a blessing to be here um, ever since 1307 career points during your three years the third women's player to join the thousand point club Going from that, and again, not even in four years, in three years, going from that to a coach, I mean, you took off since then. Um, what what sort of were some of the things that you did when you were first a coach? Because you mentioned not only being a, a very young coach, but a coach of girls that you had just played with before. What was it like right out of the gate, just getting started, you know, somewhat new to the game of basketball, somewhat, but it was a part of your past as well. How did you sort of go about that? Well, I went about trying to start in a situation you know where I'm coaching people or people I played with Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what that looks like I go back to having some great mentors um, in Carol Harding and Ann McFerrin Um, they were people that um, were very grounded in their faith they had a great understanding of what it looks like to serve to encourage to love on your people on your players Mm -hmm. and they were just great role models for me, and they were also people that kept me grounded and would say, okay, in this situation, let's talk about how we want to handle this, or, hey, this is what you did in this situation. Maybe next time, you know, that this would maybe be a little better way of handling it, and there were probably a lot of those moments early on. Um, but I, I feel like the players, uh, because I had had the opportunity to coach them a little bit the year before, um, and we... We did fairly well mm-hmm. um, when I was in charge then that maybe there was a little bit of respect that had been formed, and so they were 
more willing to listen to what I had to say. And, uh, but I would also say that Huntington University set me up to be successful, um, to just in one, having the mentors around me and two, you know, this was in the mid eighties. Um, there were a lot of institutions around the country that weren't, um, as far along in their compliance with Title IX. And so for me to take over and have the same operating budget as our men's team, the same amount of scholarship money as our men's team, that really, I feel, gave me some, you know, tools to be able to recruit and um, get some, you know, good athletes that Mm. really helped make the transition for me from player to coach go pretty smoothly. Um, I was able to have better athletes than a lot of teams we were playing just because Mm -hmm. they didn't have the same type of funds to be able to recruit kids with. So Hmm. I uh, give Huntington University a lot of credit for that (laughs) um, and the administrators at the time for making that a priority in uh, who we were as an institution. Well, certainly a great decision on the part of the university because, I mean, again, we talked about this, but uh, NCCAA National Championships in 91-92, 24 winning seasons with an average of over 18 wins per season. Uh, seven conference titles, five teams going undefeated in conference, six trips to the NAIA National Tournament, finished in the Sweet 16 three times, 29 players named NAIA or NCCAA All-Americans. I mean, that's just that's just crazy. And 70 players named all-conference teams. You had both Amy Betchel and Miranda Palmer recently named as uh, Players of the Year. So I definitely think that not only did you make the right decision, but the university's made the right decision, and now you haven't been coaching for 10 years, 20 years. Again, it's been so many years now. How have you gone about continuing the success of the teams that you've had? Because a lot of times, you know, it'll be a coach who goes somewhere, especially if they're young and new, maybe falls into some challenges and then moves on to a different university and maybe will hop around a a different university every five years or so. How have you really grounded yourself in the university and continued getting, you know, results every year? Well, I think I've grounded myself here in, at the university for all of these years, just in because of the mission. Mm-hmm. I, as a student, you know, I, I came and I visited and I saw a team in a prayer huddle, you know, and that's yeah. that was so me. And it really was indicative of the experience that I had here with um, Keith, you know, really making faith growth a part of his coaching and a part of uh, what happened to me and the experience that went with that. And to just really understand what the mission of the university is and to have a, the same heart for that. Um, it really gave me, and I probably couldn't have put this into words back then, but over the years it's become more, you know, I guess visible to me in that, you know, we're all looking for a purpose in life. And, you know, I once heard a really intelligent person say that your purpose is where your talents and your burdens meet. And so I felt like, basketball was a talent I had and having a burden to help 18 to 22 year olds find their faith and make it their own is just a great combination for me and a place where I felt like my purpose has been to be here and have that uh, be part of who I am. Um, I've never felt called to be anywhere else. Um, No other doors have been thrown wide open and you know where the Lord says hey I want you somewhere different. Um, So I try to do the best I can year in and year out to be um, faithful to the call that I feel like he's given me. Hmm. So you've won a few uh, national championships. What has been some of the greatest moments that you can think back on 
over the years, some probably recent, some probably old, but what are, what are some of those like defining moments uh, that you've had over the course of your career here at Huntington? Some defining moments over the course of my career uh, have been on the court. Some of them have been off the court. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you mentioned a couple with, you know, the two NCCA national titles. It, it was really awesome to win one as a player and um, felt really awesome to give some of my own players the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, those are very memorable. Those were um, times where my parents could be there and witness it too. And yeah. being from Pennsylvania, they didn't always get a chance to see me play a lot for when sure. I was here yeah. and, and be around much uh, for my coaching career. So yeah. to have them there and witness both of them uh, was pretty special. Uh, I would say winning the uh, conference tournament in 1994, which gave us our first automatic bid to the NAIA national tournament uh, in my career, was a pretty special win. And it's, you know, looking back over the years, it's a little bit ironic that it, uh, we beat Indiana Wesleyan to do that mm -hmm. at the time, and it was Marion College. But yeah. um, kind of bode well for the future and a lot of opportunities mm. to, to beat a really good Indiana Wesleyan team. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just, you know, that's one of those goals you have as a coach to get to the highest level and for that to be the first time, you know, the first one's always going to be the most special. Mm. Um, I think about, uh, you know, some of the games at the national tournaments, uh, getting to the Sweet 16. Uh, one game in particular against Menlo, uh, we were down uh, 10 at halftime, we came out, we caught up within two, we get down by 10 again, you think, okay, this just isn't our year, um, but we come back and we actually uh, couldn't hit a free throw to save our life in the first <laughs> oh, half man. and end up winning the game at the foul line at the end by not missing. Wow. Uh, I think we hit eight out of eight or something at the end to seal the win. And, wow. you know, just, you know, some things that we uh, overcame as a team and, and were able to advance against the team that, you know, when you look at them warming up and you look at us warming up, there's no reason we should be in the same gym. You know, they're studs. They're, you know, yeah. a lot taller than us. And, you know, but we just had a really great group of, of players that worked hard and believed in each other and fought for each other. And um, that was just one of those games. Um, I think about a couple of times that we won games on half-court buzzer beaters. Uh, just kind of funny, the first one that happened was my second year of coaching. Uh, all the way back in 1987. Wow. That was the first year that the women had the three-point line. Oh, okay. And one of my sophomores hit a half-court shot, and I thought, I was like, oh, thank goodness we tied it. And then it was like it dawned on me, no, we just won the game by a point. Wow. <laughs> and so that was one uh, that was very memorable. And an interesting story about that, um, her name was Shonda, um, someone in the stands uh, saw her hit that shot, kind of got intrigued with her as a, a, a lady, mm -hmm. uh, and ended up marrying her, and they named their first son Trey because of that shot. And so kind of <laughs> wow. interesting. Wow, okay. <laughs> how all of that developed. Okay. Um, and then uh, this was a little more recent, maybe five, six years ago, uh, Courtney Baker hit a half-court shot to, to win a game for us, and that was near the time that Shane Merriman hit the yeah. shot, you yeah. know, that everybody the still shot. talks about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of cool to have one of our own, uh, happen, sure. uh, sure. very similarly. So, so the, yeah, those were some things on the court that probably stand out in general. Um, you know, anytime you beat a ranked team, those are going to feel good. And, yeah. 
And, you know, we've done that to Indiana Wesleyan probably more than about anybody. Um, so we enjoy that. big one that. this year as well. Yes. 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 Twice this year we got them when yeah. they were ranked. So um, off the court, though, I think that's the thing that really keeps me motivated, yeah. um, keeps me wanting to come back. It's the moments, um, you know, the missions trips that we've been able to take as yeah. a team that are so meaningful um, and such great development for the players in terms of their overall worldview, not to mention their growth in their faith and what it does for our team chemistry and those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Um, for a coach, too, to see kids come in and talk about their faith as I go to church and have them leave, being able to be bold in their faith, sharing their testimony and, and claiming their faith as their own. Yeah. There's nothing better than that. Uh, for me and uh, you know I've had the opportunity to see a player get baptized and be a part of that you know when kids actually accept Christ for the first time yeah you know those that's what keeps you coming back as mm-hmm. a coach you know because the the wins and losses you know they're great but it's really the the growth the relationships you know that you develop over the years that um, you know kids you still keep in contact with and you know, are there for their weddings and know about their kids and, you know, those kinds of things. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. Um, and those are, you know, a lot of the memories that, that carry on. That's what keeps you coming back. Exactly. So, I mean, it's been, it's been a good amount. It's been over three decades. What are your plans for the future? Are you staying around? <laughs> well, I'm getting asked that question a lot by recruits <laughs> lately. I was like, I'm trying not to, you know, get a complex about oh, that. Yeah. but. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I understand why they ask, you know, when you've been doing something that long. But, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a family thing. You know, my dad has been a pastor for 40 years. My oldest brother worked the station as a youth pastor at the same church for 31 years. You know, it's it's what we do <laughs> as a family. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, you know, we find a passion and yeah. we find our purpose yeah. in God's calling. And, you know, we just want to be honoring in that and follow his will for our lives and um, I think that it's something that I will continue to do until the Lord says it's not time to do it anymore or here's something else I want you to, to do so this is your mission field this is my mission field and that's awesome. um, and it's funny that you say it that way that's what my dad has always said you know <laughs> you're in the ministry too you know it's, yeah. it just has a your your congregation is a little different than his you yeah. know and yeah. the church but you know, you do have your own congregation, and the, the you're the shepherd of some sheep too. So it's a it's a neat way of thinking about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely something that uh, I still enjoy doing. I'm still very passionate about, and um, you know, there are retirement age you know ages that you know when I get to that point, I'm sure that'll yeah, be yeah, yeah. you know a welcome time. But you know, right now, I don't see that happening. But so. not yet. Next not season's yet. already here. Next season is. Coach, always a pleasure getting to talk to you. Appreciate it, and thanks for joining us today. Yes, you're welcome. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted. And you can also catch Rooted Thursday evenings at 7 o'clock on 105.5 WQHU.